transgenerational healing. I'm really, really excited to talk about this uh, in the podcast today. Uh, my name is Mede Mitchell and I am a homeopath and I'm going to take you through my latest obsession. Transgenerational healing. <laughs> what is that, uh, you might ask? Um, and yeah, let me try and explain it. Uh, I'm going to explain it first a little bit in headlines and later on in the podcast I'll get into a little bit more details um, when we start talking about the homeopathic remedies or some of the homeopathic remedies. But uh, the transgenerational energy, when we feel it, uh, we feel it like a malignant energy. So it's it's just this thing that is luring in the corner and it feels threatening and you may not know where it's coming from and you may know where it's coming from and uh, but 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 it's, it, it, it it's it's definitely not a nice energy. <laughs> Let me put it like that. The monster under the bed, uh, basically. It's it's the same feeling as when we are feeling haunted. So maybe you have tried, you have experienced uh, this some time in your life where you have been felt haunted. Uh, that that's also a way of describing this type of remi re, um, energy it's 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 like a haunting energy and that's of course the topic around haunting um, makes so much sense as we're talking about transgenerational energy so it is like the ghost of our grandparents uh, where we can feel their presence uh, today it's the unspoken it's some it's something that is not being talked about in many words it's don't mention the war okay conversation over okay we do not talk about this anymore but uh, so, so so you know that that's one way of it being unspoken that it's taboo basically um, taboo topic, something that is that is not being, that is not appropriate to take up in in conversation, um, any type of any type of conversation. Um, it's also unspoken because we might not even be aware of words to describe it because we are experiencing this energy in a different dimension, if you will, uh, in a dimension where we don't use words where, or where we don't have words. So for instance, I, I thought about this a lot when I was thinking about trauma happening to babies, of course, because so much trauma happened to my own baby. So I have been thinking about this a lot. Um, and that the trauma happens at a time when there's no language developed. So therefore, I'm also concerned or, or, or thinking about that it must be difficult to express any kind of experience that has been stuck in the body um, 
through trauma that you experienced when you were a baby. How would you describe that later on in a therapy session? You know, you may not even know where it's coming from. You have no words for it. So that, that can be one reason why this is unspoken, not because it happened to us, but because it's, it's, it's this energy, it's this grandparent energy or parent energy or maybe even further back. So we don't experience it in a place where we have the words to actually really describe it. And then, of course, uh, it's it's also unspoken because it's so secretive. It's it, it's it's very s laced with secrets, every secrets everywhere. And if it wasn't secret, uh, it wouldn't have to be transgenerational. Because if it had already been out in the light and light had been shined on it, then the trauma don't doesn't have to travel any further. So, for 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 trauma to travel through generation it's it's a rule it has to be um there has to be some secrets in there as well so okay it's the ever present and the hiding and then uh, then another way of also recognizing that there may be this energy in your life is that you will see that your life is also filled with a lot of noise and this can be noise maybe through symptoms. Maybe you have like headaches all the time or you have like really, really bad uh, PMS and it drags out and, and eats up half of your life. Or, you know, there can be some, some, some exhausting symptoms related to this. And, and it's almost as if symptoms are trying to exhaust the body uh, to not figure out what is actually going on so that you're too tired to try and get to the root cause and, 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 and figure out what is it actually that is going on? What is it actually that, is, that is, needs to be healed? Is it really that uh, you keep getting UTIs or uh, you have migraine headaches or something? Or is there a big family story behind that? Um, that is being expressed through symptoms in your body. So that's like one way something can be covered by noise. And one of the things that I look out for uh, in the homeopathic consultations, I go, okay, um, there's something over here that is making noise. What, why, why is it making noise? Why is it necessary to make all that noise? Uh, and then... There's another interesting observation uh, in regards to the noise, and that is that maybe you have people in your life that is making a lot of noise. Yes, this is a tough one, you know, but if you have someone that shows up in your life and they are what you would describe as weird, crazy, obnoxious, um, outrageous, I don't know, Find more words yourself, but 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 where they are behaving in a in a way that could be described as unacceptable. Um, I'm not talking about abuse here. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, just to make that very clear, but um, I am talking about you have people in your life that uh, seem to have very big reactions. 
Um, some of these big reactions, uh, they are mirroring you. We know that um, we we uh, uh, we know that we attract certain energies in in certain ways, and and we know that whenever we have an interaction with somebody, we are both teachers and we are also both students. We can't just point a finger at somebody and say that you're you're. What are you doing uh, here uh, in front of me, uh, uh, giving me this outrageous behavior? <laughs> you know, we have allowed for this outrageous behavior to take place in our life. We haven't had good boundaries in this area. Um, so that can be a sign that there's something transgenerational going on here. And it is maybe simply a another way of showing to you that there is something inside of you that matches the person that you're looking at um, and that you can have great benefit from from look at this craziness inside of yourself this um, shadow your shadow, the place where you are not your best self, the place where you have um, s bad patterns uh, in in behavior, where you are, where you have, where you want to break cycles, where you want to, you can see that there is something that you're doing, or there's some trait in you that is just really not benefiting you, um, but it's almost like it's compulsive. And it's almost as if it is impossible to find out, how was this energy put inside of me? A lot of people that start exploring this type of energy, they have already done so much self-analysis and, uh, you know, all the self-blame, <laughs> all the I need to improve, I need to forgive, I need to do all this and that and so on. And, and, and then the still after that, there, there's something there that feels malignant. Um, and then at the same time, you get somebody into your life that does something very outrageous. You know, you have to look at that as an opportunity and as a doorway to explore certain areas of yourself. And definitely do not react in fear and, and start pointing fingers and blaming because also when we are pointing a finger, <laughs> uh, the real magic happens, you know, that there's actually three fingers pointing back at ourselves every time we do that. So if nothing else, uh, uh, start here and just look at yourself from this perspective of, and say, Okay, if, 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 if I'm saying that about you, what does that say about me? And then you can start exploring. How, how did I get to this point where I'm feeling this way? And this is where the transgenerational stuff really gets useful and exciting because this is a good place to look for how this these feelings um, were planted in you. 
We do know, of course, that things do travel across generations. That's nothing new. That's nothing uh, unrecognized. We know that with diseases, we have genetic diseases. Uh, in in homeopathy, we of course maybe expand a little bit more on the topic and what we call miasms and 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 see more connections between generations than you would do maybe in allopathic medicine, where it becomes very uh, focused on looking on the genes and finding the expression there. Uh, and of course, you can also see the stuff that you just simply have in your family because of behavior that you have learned. So maybe there is some influence on that uh, when it comes to mental health, uh, but definitely also uh, genetic and also um, in in like I said in in homeopathy we we expand uh, on this we call it the miasms um, in homeopathy and I think the first very most simplistic uh, uh, description of the miasms that you can give uh, is yes it's like genetics but expanded 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 and of course not using the same tools as in genetics and so on. We are not born a clean slate. We are not born a clean bill of health. Bill of health. There is uh, plenty going on already uh, when we are born, and 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 we call that myism. So we have a a comfortable relationship uh, with this uh, already in homeopathy, um, where we understand uh, how different disease pictures absolutely uh, repeat themselves and show themselves in certain patterns uh, through families. But once we start talking about the transgenerational trauma, and that is traveling, um, then we talk about stuff that is happening on a different level from what maybe traditionally has been addressed in homeopathy before, um, through the different books that are available to us and so on. We have a great focus on on physical symptoms, of course, and on mental, emotional symptoms, huge, huge, huge. Um, but it is now also uh, possible, and, and uh, uh, there's enough books available to start looking at homeopathy and to use it more specifically for shadow work and for the transgenerational trauma. So basically what it means is prescribing uh, remedies uh, for someone that is not in the in the room with you but whatever happened to that person that you are prescribing for the person in the rooms their problems root back from this trauma of something that happened generations ago as I'm recording this and Sometimes going back and listening to uh, what I just said, uh, have a little break and then continue and so on. Then I actually feel an echo of something, I think, transgenerational going on in me. Because I'm thinking, what authority do I have to talk about this? You know, uh, why should anybody want to listen to me talking about this topic? This topic is way too big for someone like me to address. Um, what do I, 
know about this topic that you know I don't know it's just all this deep doubt that is appearing for me when I'm recording this and telling me that I'm making a fool of myself I think that's something that is echoing down through the generations and I think a lot of this type of feelings are exactly that it's just something that echoes from the past generations so when we're talking about the Mayasms mm. um, we are mostly in general or at least me in my practice I kind of work with a core of five Mayasms and just to describe them very very briefly so we have Sora so that's everything that itches and uh, the main remedy that we use for that is made from scapies um, so that's for anything that itches um, I'm describing this very very briefly here then we have Cephalinum uh, and Cephalinum is made the main remedy for Cephalinum is made from syphilis and um, this is for things that are breaking down so things so like self-destructive tissue many autoimmune disease depression so like like when things are breaking down and that maybe is better understood in contrast to um, the psychotic miasm so spelled with an s um, where the main rem remedy is uh, made from gonorrhea uh, this has to do with excess and overproduction so put that in contrast with syphilinum where, where, where things are breaking down so that's what we're dealing with there when the body is overproducing, when we see overproductive, excessive symptoms. It can be a sign that this remedy is needed. Um, then we have tuberculinum, which has to do a lot with the lungs. Um, any diseases there or any uh, trends that you can see through the family lineage, lineage of, of, of diseases um, of, of that part of the body. Uh, and then we have the carcinogenic miasms with this cancer. So that's the cancer miasm, um, which is you could roughly describe as uh, being about blockages, basically. Um, but those are roughly uh, the five ones, five miasms that uh, I think that a lot of homeopaths are working with and that I'm working with. And then I also allow myself to go and explore some of the other new and interesting miasms that are popping up uh, like the leprosy miasm is quite interesting in particular in the moment we have the AIDS miasm and I'm sure we're also going to have um, a new miasm as a result of, of the times that we're going through because the miasms are, of course are, are, are um, um, recognized by being disease uh, symptoms that a, a huge part of a population is experiencing at the same time. When we're dealing with the transgenerational stuff, when we're dealing with the syphilitic miasm, and the syphilitic miasm is where everything is secret. There's always secrets there. Uh, alcoholism is a syphilitic uh, disease. Um, and 
when it comes to alcoholism, then that's also a disease that is laced with secrets, very, very, so many secrets. And it's a huge, huge part of the syphilitic miasm. And like I said before, if it wasn't secret, it wouldn't have to travel through the generations. So that's um, a remedy. Uh, Syphilinum is, of course, a remedy that we use to reach this part of you that reaches into the lineage. So the lineage is reaching into you, and we need to tap into that same pathway. <laughs> and, and syphilinum is the remedy that we're using for that, to reach into that. Another very important remedy to think about when looking at um, dealing with these transgenerational symptoms or experiences, it, it's a remedy called thymus gland. But you know, before we actually start talking about that, I should introduce you to the new Materia Medica because so many of these remedies that we're talking about in connection with this topic and topics the like, we will very often look at remedies from what's called the new Materia Medica. And the new Materia Medica are new homeopathic remedies that were brought into practice uh, since 2000. And these remedies uh, were new remedies, so remedies that we didn't have in Materia Medica already. And the way that they made the provings for the remedies, they did that in a meditation circle. So there are many different ways. Provings <laughs> is the way that we find out how to, what to use a certain substance for in the treatment room. What symptoms can we use this remedy for? The first provings that Hahnemann, he did, the founder of homeopathy, he would actually eat the substance. So he would eat uh, Ipecac root. <laughs> uh, Ipecac root of, uh, was used at the time to um, induce vomiting. So this was a, a well-known medicine uh, uh, that was used um, in the wars when the soldiers, they had eaten rotten food and, and got really sick, then they would be given Ipecac uh, root uh, from the nurses so that they would vomit it up and so in that way hopefully um, reduce the, the, the symptoms. Um, so Hanuman, he would take Ipecac root and experience everything that he went through, the induced vomiting, and then he would write all those symptoms down, and then he would say, okay, I'm now going to assume that the symptoms I have written down here now are the same symptoms that we can use this, the same substance, Ipecac root, to treat these symptoms with, but in diluted form. So when I give it in minuscule, minuscule um, amounts, in homeopathic amounts, then it will heal. Then it will not induce the symptoms when I have the symptoms already and I take this Ipecac root back in homeopathic potency, then it will ameliorate my symptoms. So that is one way of making a proving. Uh, other ways of making provings is to have uh, uh, homeopaths take the same remedy every day for a very long time until they start producing symptoms and then noting the symptoms. But the way that the Guild of Homeopaths have made the provings of the new Materia Medica is that they did it meditative because <clears throat> they were not 
so much out to look for the physical symptoms. Of course, they're also looking for the physical symptoms, but they were much more interested in reaching the symptoms that we find in a in a sphere, in a dimension in ourselves where we have to meditate to reach it, to be to get in contact with it. So that's what they did with these remedies. And, and it's new in that way that we now have remedies that have been proven in this way so that we can now look up in our books uh, and see uh, what remedies can we apply for these very special circumstances that we can see in transgenerational trauma. Uh, it's not something that is very easy to look up in the material uh, that we have already in homeopathy. It's like this new material had to be developed for us to be able to unlock this uh, part of healing. But we do have that now uh, through the new material medica, and the way that they did it uh, was through meditative provings. And I hope that you can see why they did it through the meditative provings, because simply because this is the dimension that we are aiming for as well when we are treating it. You could say, does this space? How does this space feel inside myself when I meditate? before and after homeopathic treatment. So it's like on that level that we have the experience. Cephalinum, of course, is not from New Materia Medica. This is one of the well-known and much-loved uh, standard remedies in the homeopathic practice. <clears throat> but uh, when we get to thymus gland, then we get uh, a new, new remedy, or, or let's say a remedy that has been looked in in depth more in this regard. And the thymus gland, oh, there's so much to say about the thymus gland. I'm not going to get into it too much here in the podcast. I, I explained it a little bit more in the in the talk that um, you can purchase uh, on my website where I speak more in depth in about this topic of transgenerational healing and thymus gland and so many other interesting things. Um... But the thymus gland is like the place where you store transgenerational trauma. Your own trauma you can store anywhere in your body, in your liver, in your kidneys, in your lungs, in your brain, wherever you want to store it. Uh, but when it is transgenerational, then it's stored in the thymus gland. So you can say we can use cephalinum to reach into the path the connection back backwards in the generation. So the same connection, the same pathway that is bringing the shadows into your life. Um, then we use the homeopathic remedy, thymus gland, uh, to reach into the place in your body where this trauma is stored. So you can see it's actually... Uh, quite advanced and uh, uh, technology. It's like working with the finest scalpel. But we have those two remedies and we can apply them in this way. So now we have to start looking for a third remedy. Um, one of the ways of prescribing uh, for these issues 
and with these remedies is to prescribe in, in, in triads, so to prescribe three remedies together. So the third remedy would then be uh, significant to the individual. So we have some new remedies here that are just almost so poetic. So one of the favorite remedies that you can prescribe for, for this <laughs> that is just so beautiful, it's, it's Japanese white oleander, uh, which has quickly become one of my absolutely favorite remedies um, in my practice today. And, and I'm so excited to to get the feedback from it. But it's uh, Japanese white oleander is uh, the flower that started growing after the Hiroshima bombing. So it's a completely poisonous plant. It's very pretty, uh, but extremely poisonous. And you shouldn't bre even breathe in its smell, anything like that. It's just poison. Uh, but when we use it as a homeopathic remedy, um, then it's like we can almost use it a little bit as a tranquilizer after having gone through something extremely traumatic. After an extremely traumatic experience where you are beyond fear. You know, where, where, I mean, it, it hasn't been resolved. You've gone through fear. You're still working your way through the fear. It's shock, trauma and fear that builds a layer of chronic negativity. This can be something that has happened to you in your life. Um, it can also be something that has happened through the generations. And it can also be something that has happened to you in your life because of previous generations. Because the trauma has traveled through the generations. So the behavior or reaction to the grandparents is in your parents. So um, it can be one of the two. Uh, but of course, we can we can see uh, the debris, <laughs> even though we don't know where is this coming from. Then then we can see the debris, and the debris is what uh, it is that um, the person here, you, um, experience extreme hysteria, um, or you are completely unemotional before and after an, a, a traumatic event. So if something is happening now, those are your two ways, two gears uh, to react in. Uh, it is as if you're waiting for something, but no one knows for what. It feels as if you're living in the last moment before disaster strikes. And, and... It will be seen as in, in, in maybe in having confrontational behavior. So almost like looking for the conflict, being very frustrated. That's what we see. It's all too much. It's like I'm strained. I'm strained. Um, strained by social events. And, and one of the things that strains with social events is because when you go out to these social events, you have to keep up appearances because you're trying to pretend that everything is okay. Maybe because this fear, this shock has been going on for such a long time now that everybody expects you simply to be over it. And you're not, actually. 
But you see, <clears throat> now we can start prescribing remedies for it when we have remedies like this. So Japanese white oleander, isn't it just amazing that we can prescribe a remedy uh, like this uh, after the nuclear bomb has gone off? So that's one of the remedies that we have that, that we can add to this. Uh, we also have uh, ayahuasca as a homeopathic remedy. And that's a remedy that we can use very much when we, we have trauma that has taken pay place in the mother's lineage. Um, so, for instance, in families where there has been adoptions, um, that's it, ayahuasca as a homeopathic remedy, ayahuasca wine as a, as a uh, important remedy. Um, we can also uh, use it for feeling disconnected, basically. Uh, not feeling plugged in. And maybe it's a disconnect from the family and definitely a disconnect from the mother's lineage. Maybe there's been some type of oppression um, in the family, <coughs> either because of uh, being a woman for instance, uh, <laughs> is a good uh, reason for, for oppression being present in a, in a lineage. So we have a, a, a remedy like that. Um, we also have a remedy like Berlin Wall. And, and if you're interested in, in Berlin Wall as a homeopathic remedy, it's uh, the most amazing remedy and the most amazing story behind this remedy. Um, but uh, actually a homeopathic remedy that is made from an actual small piece of the Berlin Wall. And we use this for depression. Fantastic remedy just to lift up the heavy cloud of oppression. Uh, lifting the syphilitic weight, basically. So, But if you're interested in hearing more about this remedy, you should um, uh, just use the link here in the podcast. Uh, but uh, let's also just talk a little bit more, uh, just one more remedy from the new material medica, which is Bodleia. And the description from Conan Griffith, who has uh, made the description of this remedy, he says the, the, the easy way to remember this remedy and when to apply it, he says you use this remedy for the emo emotional bomb site. Okay, we know what that is, right? Um and Bodleia, uh, a butterfly bush, uh, is a plant that actually, or a flower that grows in places where not many flowers can grow because the soil is, it, it can grow in really depleted soil. So you will see it around uh, train tracks, uh, for instance. Not the best soil there uh, for things to grow in, but Bodleia likes to grow there. And Bodleia uh, attracts butterflies. Uh, and I just think it's so funny also that with butterflies, because the butterfly, of course, is also a huge symbol of transformation. So the butterfly or the butterfly bush is transforming the ground uh, by creating nitrate and phosphates through the roots and the plant itself, of course. And, uh, and, uh, and the butterflies are coming there and they are transforming as well. So I think that's kind of like a little poetic truth in nature here. So... But Bodleia, we can use that for um, getting back on our own two feet again after having 
gone through the most gut-wrenching trauma. Um, this is when the, this little quote here, the patient may also say that he feels as if he's going through a testing time when everything is being thrown at me. So that is, of course, the, the thing that we are looking for in this. It's like <laughs> going through a really rough time. But so nice to be able to give something that can give hope in a rough time as well. Another quote is, the effect of terrible events are sometimes present, remind us of what has been long held in the psyche and tissue memory, or even of inherited, unresolved ancestral energy. So when we experience these terrible events that we experience so rarely, then we have to, we are being forced to visit places inside our own psyche <laughs> that we haven't revisited, that we haven't visited for a very, very long time, and maybe never. So, we are meeting ghosts in these corners when we go through terrible events, and some of these ghosts that we meet here, they are from the generations behind you. Talking about thinking about. Prescribing for transgenerational trauma is something that has transformed my practice, definitely. And uh, it has become a huge focus in my practice uh, to look at the each individual that I meet uh, every day from, from this perspective and just say, okay, is there more going on here? That and, of course, the uh, detox, which is just a continued topic, and I think that's just going to be never-ending um, but those two things, you could say detox and the transgenerational things, those two things are the two things that takes up uh, time in my practice today. I hope that you enjoyed this little presentation about the trans transgenerational healing with homeopathy. Maybe you got inspired, maybe you found something uh, in this podcast that uh, you recognize inside yourself and hasn't really had a name now you know what to call it and that's also uh, one step towards healing for sure but if you're interested in hearing more about this topic then i really encourage you to go to my website sign up for my newsletter um, so that you can get the information about online talks i'm going to give in the future about these remedies from the new material medica and then topics related to transgenerational healing. So, for instance, I'm planning a new talk about um, suppression, suppression of emotions, suppressions of symptoms. Uh, I'm going to uh, talk about um, different addiction issues as well. Lots of interesting, juicy stuff coming up over the next time. Thank you so much again for listening, and I hope you'll tune in again sometime soon. <laughs>